What's up, everybody? Blacktop Smack Talk. We are here. Me, Charlie Hustle, the host with my compadres. We got Sano Cater in the house. What's going on? Coach Jose. What's up? H to the Jose. And uh, our pod member of a new location, Northern California, Bruce. What's up, man? Jackson. Glad to be here. What's good? What's good? What's he also known as? The 13-time All-American from the University of Washington. And newest All- Warrior fan. <laughs> uh, always always purple and gold. Gold U-Dub. Um, I haven't quite embraced those Warriors yet, Sam, man, but you we'll will. see here. You will. That's a good segue, Adam. Bruce was a 13-time All-American at the University of Washington, and coincidentally, that's what this podcast is going to be all about. Yes, it is. Typically, we're, we do a lot of NBA on this podcast, but given the fact that UW has finally made the tournament after a long, long drought, how long has it been, Sano? Eight years? Has it been eight years? Eight, eight long, stressful. See, Charlie and Sano are two of my best friends, and t- they're UW fanatics. And to hear them talk about UW at nauseum every day, for all these years and for them not to make the tournament and now we finally do unreal i mean it's a dream come true you know i mean i just <laughs> gotta give a shout out you know to all the guys that listened to me for the years all the summer league games i went to at north seattle community yeah. college yeah. Those. man those are the days I those. yep when i first saw scott sugg shoot a three i was in love we've been talking about that ever since oh man those were those were man. And whenever we got Jannard Jarreau getting MVP, and we, we got notifications ex- of transfers from Auburn, and you you yell at me and get Matthew mad at me, away. and he soon came in and then went that away. Yep. <laughs> but Jannard Jarreau's brother, have you noticed, plays for Tulane? I've seen him a couple times. Isn't and that I was where like, Jarreau went? He did because that's that's an no. Yeah. Nolens. Yeah. But Jarreau was my guy. But man, he was like a six-year senior. It was, he, he was was solid. But he was just banged up forever, man. He always hurt. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Well, we're back. UW's back in the tourney. UW's back in the tourney. That's exciting. And we got Very. a little bit, little bit better of a draw than we did last time. But it looks like, you know, it's kind of the same the same lineup. You know, the last time we made it, I think we played, what, Georgia? And then North Carolina? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, we played North. And this year we're playing... Utah Stizate and North Carolina. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big if. It'd just be crazy that if we play North Carolina again. Like, we used to always so get knocked out time, by UConn. Now it's North Carolina. North Carolina. Well, after, what, eight years? Yeah. After eight years. Yeah. But at least this time, the game wouldn't be in North Carolina. And at not at 9.45 in the morning. West Coast time. West Coast. While yeah. previously playing late in the evening on Friday night, which yeah. my good friend charlie was not a fan of i was in las vegas for that as i will be with a pod member sano yeah. we'll, we'll be down there living it up uh sinning if you guys haven't joined our bracket yet please do you guys help to 9 15 a.m to join our bracket link is in the twitter bio so please please join but anyways you dub Kind of a magical year, I would want to say. Magical, is that a good word for it? Absolutely. Conference conference champions, 
Regular season. Conference. A regular season conference yeah. champions. Wait, wait what, what conference were they champions of? The conference of champions. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But they, what was the next best team? Arizona State, and we had a what five game lead on them. They were the, way down the road point, yeah. in the regular season. Well, where was where were the Huskies picked to finish preseason? Like, I third. Don't think it, was, it was third. Was it third? Was it third? third because second. between third and there's some polls. Oregon. Some third three. Third and second. Oregon, Arizona State, than us. I think it was even. Uh, no. I think it was USC, wasn't it? This no. This you're gonna laugh at this. Most polls. Arizona. UCLA. Mm. Oh wow! As second or third? Oh, I do remember I'm, that. Yeah. UCLA as second or third. Look how terrible a season they had. Yeah, they fired their coach halfway through the year. Yeah, they had a rough year. I don't like these rumors already that UCLA wants to try and steal our guy. That ain't happening. Ooh. I haven't heard that. Oh, I've heard him. They're that, trying to get hop. Well, who wouldn't want him? Yeah, there's going to be teams after him for sure. I'm, I just try, read, I'm trying I, to get him to coach my men's league team. I read on Twitter today rumblings that could be Calipari. Oh, really? Is it Perry or Parry? Or whatever. Who cares? He yeah. sucks. Get rid of him. <laughs> they should bring Patino to UCLA. He's going to leave Kentucky to go to they UCLA? Should. They I, should. I just saw it on Twitter. I don't know. Like the... I heard the Luke Walton rumors. Yeah, he's going to be looking for a job soon. Yeah. yeah, I've heard more of the Luke Waltons thanks to dad thanks. at UCLA. Please. Please. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be crazy if they brought Patino back from overseas. Right. So then he can corrupt LA again, or well, not again, but corrupt a team. Hey, He's but that, that, that would be team. that would be the star power that the Pac-12 desperately needs. True. The coaching ranks. Other than big, other than Coach Hopkins. He used to have that big pipeline in Seattle. Patino, Patino did. did, right? Oh, and then Sean Miller might quit too amid those allegations or all mm-hmm. that stuff with the. Um, what do you the call FBI it? Yeah, yeah, the, the, FBI the wiretap. Yeah. yeah, the NCAA probe. Yeah, athletic who, who probe. Who knows what's going to happen with that? But UW, first in the Pac-12, 26 and 8. 26 and 8 when you factor in the... Uh, 15 and 3 in 15 and 3 in conference. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah. 26 and 8 overall, 15 and 3 in conference. So what, what do you guys think, man? Um, non-conference schedule... Didn't obviously didn't perform as well as we would have hoped. What do you guys think? Kind of let's take us through in your guys' opinion because you guys are diehard UW guys, and you know Bruce and I are right there with you. Whoa, um, whoa Bruce is a diehard too. Oh, hey, last time I checked, I'm the only Husky athlete in this pod. Continue. Which usually means you don't follow like fans do, because <laughs> I've been there and done that. Right. Kind of hard when. But you're... way to shove us in the sand, buddy. Yeah. Jeez. Well, way to try to shove me off. I got pride for the purple and gold. I hey, said I'm we're we, road games. I, I said Who we're right. Road game here. Who I said we because you can't go to a home game. <laughs> I said we I'm are right messing. there with you. Relax. Mm-hmm. Settle down over there. Yeah, the one road game you went to, we shit the bed. Uh, I went. More oh, he than went to the Stanford. Oh yeah, he did go to the Stanford game. But anyways, what would you guys call the high? Let's talk. Obviously, we would say the low point of the season was the loss at Cal. Well, yeah, yeah, the regular season. The loss yeah. at Cal, and then For I think sure. them not under, you know, playing pretty poorly in the Pac 12 tournament final. I think those would be the two low lights of the season. What would you guys say would be the highlights? Hey, you in, know, in terms of like. Because we were on a win streak, but what about signature wins? Like, what is something that you guys could say, like, damn, that was a hell of a good so game? Was, so, 
same same reasoning like the NCAA tournament committee probably had is right. They don't have that big like statement quality win right on their non-conference. They lost to Virginia Tech. They lost at Auburn. Mm-hmm. They had the Minnesota Minnesota loss, which should have been a win. The buzzer the beater, travel, right? The buzzer beater travel. Uh, so it sounds weird, but their biggest quote unquote win is probably that buzzer beater loss at Gonzaga. Right, because they did. Right. Well, I was say that was that was one of the biggest that showed that we could play with some people. Right, it showed that we could compete with anybody in the country because they Gonzaga had beaten Duke. You know, mm-hmm. they had done what they do. Just mighty mighty Zion, and it was in their house. It was at Spokane. And we well, went yeah, in we were watching that game at the barbershop. At the barbershop, yeah. yeah. And they they, had, they took a, a buzzer beater by uh, Hachimura to win that at the buzzer for him. I think that was the best performance. I mean. It's weird to say because it was a loss, but that might have been their best performance performance of the year. See, I'll, see, what would you say, Charlie? Because I think I'll go with something different, but what would you say? I mean, I'm trying to think back to that early start we had. In some of those games, we really pulled a couple of those out of our ass. Um, I feel like, yeah, winning on the road at Utah and Colorado to start the year was a hell of a, a big sweep for us at that time. And we yeah. we did that, and we did the Oregon schools, though. And both of those, when we start winning road games, road sweeps that we haven't done in 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. and I felt like this team was for real, you know? The road sweep at Oregon was big. The atmospheres are obviously tough, and those games weren't just clear-cut runaways. Right, I think yeah, that was what I was going to say, the Oregon the Oregon games, just the way they came out um, versus Oregon. They were losing by, I think it was six with under two minutes left, and they – Crazy. Remember they blew that, so they were up. They were up by t- ten, and then they blew. They blew the lead. Then they were down six with like under two minutes left, and then they came when back. Oregon, Oregon put that press on. And right. Kind of that was when they fouled Jalen at the buzzer. Right. Because right. we fouled them at the buzzer in the first half. Right. Pritchard right. fouled um, Jalen. Yeah, on that, on that three point. Kicked his leg a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You know what impressed me the most, just about that trip in general, was the Oregon game was first. Right, and that's an emotional win. They come out, they barely win, and then they come out the next game, they could have easily been flat. Against Oregon, Oregon State. State, which historically at Oregon State has been bad It's always for us. been tough, right? And you're on the road, conference games, but they came out at Oregon State and dominated that game from start to, fin- start to end. That was a wire-to-wire victory. Right, and it was a blowout. It wasn't even close. So that impressed me a lot that they came out and did that. I, don't, I mean, I guess give a lot of credit to Hopkins for coaching them up. But, uh, like, yeah, like I said, they could have easily come out and been flat in that game. Right. Bruce, what are you thinking? How are you feeling over there? Signature yeah, yeah. win. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with the low. You know, unfortunately, I had to, to be there and experience that in person, that low of Cal. Um, that game uh, really sucked to attend. But as far as high, um, one game that kind of stands out actually in my mind, and I understand it's not the same Arizona Wildcat team, but we haven't won in Arizona in like 10 years. So uh, to kind of get that monkey off the back, to go in there, it's still kind of a hostile environment. It's still Arizona. It still has the tradition, the pedigree, the history um, as being the, one of the you know premier programs uh, in basketball. And so for us to go down there and, and get a win um, against a kind of athletic Arizona team, you know, that stood out in my mind just because it's just a bad place for us to play at on the road. Um, and then I also agree with Sano 
as far as that um, Oregon State because you know we've had some some demons against them lately in the last couple of years and to go in there and take control of that game early and, and hold it throughout um, that was big for us so I agree with that no yeah anytime you can beat Sean Miller I mean that's a, that's a, especially in Sean Miller's house I mean the McHale Center is probably it might be the toughest gym to play in when it's rocking. And they say they say heck ed is pretty tough too when it's when it's at capacity. But man, Arizona's just got the the history, you know. So and that was when we beat Arizona. That was our twelfth straight victory. Uh, when you inc- include the non conference, that was twelve in a row. And the next game we lost to Arizona State. You know, they started off eleven and zero in conference. I think it was eleven and zero. And then they, yeah, they went to Arizona State. So I remember we were five and zero. I'm like, damn, we're five and zero. We can just go, you know, and you know. 500 the rest of the way and we're going to be looking good and then we go 7-0 and then we go 9-0 and then we were talking I remember talking about can they go undefeated yeah 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 I think it was yeah I think it was 10-0 but yeah yeah it was a good run good stretch there right it bought you a little cushion that you can have that's that that always happens that slip up you know there's always that game that slip up that that Cal game had to be one of the biggest upsets in terms of points I think we were favored on the road by 12 or 13 and then to lose well, I guess we didn't get blown out or nothing, but to lose is just rough. Yeah, to the team that was ranked 275th. I think, Bruce, I think you said it too. They're always due for some kind of some kind of slip up to a team that they should dominate, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it, it's bound to happen. Unfortunately, it was just the timing of the year when we finally had cracked the rankings. You know, it would have been a better – I mean, you don't want to lose, but a, it's better to lose earlier, I think, than – later in the season Uh, but it was such a weird that Cal game was such a weird game because it was like the opposite of what we do we were super efficient offensively and we were scoring buckets at will but then we couldn't stop them at all from scoring so when I was attending and I kept the person I was with I just kept telling them like this is the weirdest game Husky you know I've watched you know or been to this this season where we were so efficient offensively but we could not stop anyone so that was Cal's that was like Cal's Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. I mean, they was like, man, this is it. We could we could we could make our season decent at this point by beating the best team in the conference, you know? And that started a three game win streak for them. Right. They finished out three and oh in the in the regular season and then lost to I don't remember who, maybe Oregon or something. No, Colorado, I, I think. think lost to Colorado. Colorado yeah. in the uh first round of the Pac twelve champion Pac twelve tournament, but yeah, man, that was it, it was it was fun to see the city kind of buzzing. Local radio was buzzing about Husky basketball again. It's been a long time, you know. I mean, and for these seniors, you know, we had a, we had a good gang of seniors for them to all finally feel what it's like to be on a good Husky team. Like when they were recruited, they probably saw that the crowd full. You know, I mean, it's been a while, but we've had teams that were supposed to be good, and we've had some crowds. But sitting through that Markel Fultz year of two and sixteen. Then losing the coach, Romar, and then bringing a new coach and getting guys to stay. I mean, we don't need to go into the stories, but if, if you guys have heard any of the stories of when these kids first met Hopkins or Hopkins met their parents, they just knew right away Hopkins was the guy. There was no there was no more decision to be made once they met Hopkins. It was like, oh, we're staying here with this guy. Right. And Romar gave all the players uh, Hopkins' blessing, you know? Yeah, he, he, he told a lot of them to stay. Oh, yeah. Hopkins will take you in a good place. He's yeah. Not, yeah. Stay yeah. here with them and, and fight the battle. So now you see all these guys that Romar struggled with as freshman and sophomore now have grown to be seniors. And now you could say 
that Hopkins is eating the fruits off Romar's labor. Right, kind of like bit, Romar yeah. did with Bender a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Romar never coached uh, Jalen. No. Right. But he recruited him. He signed him. He signed him, yeah. yeah. And he, stayed, he ended up staying. He coached Thibel, obviously. Danny Green, Noah Dickerson. Dominic Green. Dominic Green, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Chris, the seniors. Yeah. Uh, guys like Carter, though. Yeah, Carter and Hamir. Hamir Wright. Like, these are all Hopkins guys. Yeah. So, if all, if all of them stay, you know, as I don't know about we, – we'll talk about Noel and what his NBA prospects are, but um, this is this could be the norm is what I'm saying. Like, we could have senior leadership leading this team every year, hopefully. Right. Which kind of um, – with, with Hopkins taking over, you, you know, he's obviously reaped the benefits of – well – I'm sorry. Let me take that back. The Noel and Thibel or Aaron Dickerson have reaped the benefits of his coaching. Absolutely. Right. And what well, that kind of goes to our next point, which is kind of a cool seg or cool segue, is how we swept the Pac-12 awards. I mean, at least for sure did. Player of the Year with Jalen Noel, Defensive Player of the Year with Matisse Thibel, and Coach of the Year with. Coach Hopkins. And on Two time. That, on top of that, player of the year could have gone to either Matisse or Jalen. Right. And it's kind of good that – it's kind of good Jalen got it because – well, I guess we still would have swept it even if it was Matisse because he still would have got defensive player of the year. Right. Yeah. He got both. But now Hop has been here two years. Yep. And he's won 20 Twice. games in both years and back-to-back coach of the year. Yep. And that's crazy. Like you wonder if a guy can get a third, but with his with the recruiting class that's on the on the docket, you, you know you're going to have expectations. We'll see how that goes. But I mean, not too many teams, not too many teams win all those awards. Yeah, right. I mean, and a lot of it, a lot of the coach of the year. I mean, usually not always, but a lot of the times it's because of it, it is because of the expectations. Right. That's right. You overachieve. Mm-hmm. So next year, not to jump too far into next year, but you know if we have. Isaiah five Stewart, stars coming in. Five star guys coming in. The expectations are going to be a lot, especially if Noel comes back. You're going to know. You're going to be supposed to win 20 games. It's funny right. now with you only been here two years. You won 20 games both year, both years. You're almost just like, man, if he doesn't win 20 games, you're like, oh, that's crap, bro. Yeah, right. Now it's now it's it sets a new standard. I remember 20 games used to be like, whoo, we got to get to that 20 game mark. Right. You know, we'd barely yeah. like get our chin above the bar. Right. Yeah, Bruce. I mean, what what do you hear much about Huskies down in California? You ever hear much? I mean, it's Pac-12 country, but <laughs> um, no. I mean, we yeah, a little bit. Obviously, you hear about what, what how the Pac's doing. I think in the Bay Area, just because uh, you know Cal Bears and the Stanford Cardinal um, didn't have the best of seasons. I think it's just more general like Pac-12 love. You know, now that. When you're when you're, you don't have a you know a dog necessarily in the fight, you root for the the conference as a whole. So and especially with how terrible the conference has been and the image it has nationally, um, you get kind of hurt when you hear the talk about the conference. So you want you want those teams to excel. Yeah. Dang. So so we reap the benefits of the you know the. Pac-12 awards, but then going in, let's we're gonna talk a little bit about the conference tournament, which. Well, all right, you go. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. No, I was just gonna say ultimately didn't end with what we 
wanted to, but I think it helps solidify our tourney berth. Yeah, and it, the, going into the tournament, the Huskies were seen as, I mean, they were the number one seed, obviously, but they didn't, they kind of limped into the, you know, at the end of the season, right? So right, they, they, weren't playing their, they weren't playing their best basketball. Right. Cal uh, and Oregon. Cal and Oregon. And, and then the close, night. close wins. Right. And versus other teams. Wins, the one point win at Stanford. Like, there was not a lot of a confidence. They weren't considered, like, one of the hottest teams. A lot of people thought USC could beat them, you know, once, it, once USC got through that first round. Um, but they did turn it around. They did get to the final. They beat uh, USC that second round, uh, and then Colorado, and then matched up again with Oregon, who just beat them a couple weeks before that, or a week before right. that. They owned us. Right, which is always a tough matchup. Oregon's. There's a reason why they were picked to, to win the conference by a lot of people at the beginning of the season, right? Super long, athletic. They got that guy Kenny Wooten in the middle. Big Wooten, man. Yeah. They have too many guys over six eight. Lewis King. Lewis King came on at the end. Peyton Pritchard has always been always been solid. A thorn in UW side. Yeah, and they got another year with him too. He's only a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's just a bad matchup. But again, they did put it together. As long as it's, they just couldn't blow it, which is something that is kind of that's kind of been the narrative about Husky basketball in the conference tournament is that they tend to blow it in right. that first game. And even so, even going into that last homestand of the season, the Oregon State Oregon uh, teams came up. We were saying like, okay, what if they go, what if they go one, one and one and then lose first round? Like we were still debating. Oh yeah, we were nervous. I mean, it was up for grabs, especially me. You guys know how bad how bad I was about it, but uh, no, it, that, that's a good call. Like I felt like every game was like must win. Right. At least the first round against USC. Like, I remember I was at work watching it. I'm like, dang, this is kind of – I'm a little nervous over here. It was weird to me all season because they were number one seed going to the tournament. They were 15-3 in conference. They had won 26 games – or at the time, it was 24 games uh, going it's into the tournament. 20, it's 2012 hangover. That's why it felt Yeah, like. that's, that might be it. Right. And I think that's kind of what I had. I was so, like, pessimistic about us making it. You know, just I I think one was because of the lack of signature wins in non-conference, mm-hmm. um, and how poorly the Pac-12 was this year. Like none of them, none of the teams really like wowed you. Right, none and, of the teams were were an actual. What do they call them? Quad one. Yeah, quadrant, yeah. quadrant, quadrant, no, yeah. quadrant one win. So we didn't really have quad one wins. So I think that's what me being real pessimistic about it. It kind of put you on the edge of your seat watching that USC game, you know, and USC came out, they, they battled, you know, they definitely didn't roll over. They, those guys battled. And that game was like, they, both of us almost scored 80 in that game. I right. Think. I think the yeah. final was like 78, 75. 78, 75. When, when Seattle's own uh, hit that half court buzzer beater, that was crucial. K- KP. Oh, yeah, KP at the, at the half quarter was cold, man. He was feeling himself. I think he had 12 in the first half. I think he only finished with 15 or something like that. Yeah. Which was a season high. Yeah. 17, 15 or 17, something like so that. So then, you know, we go we go next game, Colorado, beat them. Colorado so, was tough, though. We uh, we struggled. We were down nine, I believe, at one point. The beginning of the game, yeah, they were down. But then, you know. We, they were down, down nine, nothing. And then we, we came back and kind of just put it on them in the second half. Even though they, the end, the free throws. They tried to give it up. Yeah, we had the game in hand, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, 
they basically went on a run because we just shit the bed. Like, it wasn't even their doing. It was right. our doing. It was miss free throw after miss free throw. Yeah. Front end of one and one missing two on a trip. You know, it was just it was just too much, man. It was. Yeah. And then, of course, they get the hottest team maybe in the country coming in. Well, one of them, Oregon. And one of them, Oregon. Oregon. Just beat us. Oregon played their best game in the season, and we played our worst. Yeah. Well, I mean, at halftime, we were in there. We were down three yeah. or four. It's like, okay, this is going to be good. But then to start it off that second half, we just could not, could not get a bucket. It yeah. was kind of like what we did to Colorado. How we held Colorado scoreless right. for like 12 minutes. Or they had like two points in 12 minutes. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, luckily, thankfully, I mean, shoot, on Sunday, I was kind of sweating. They called the first two brackets. I'm like. I was getting ready to hit you guys up, and I'm like, yo, I don't think we're going to make it. Man, I was, I wouldn't have stood for that. But there's, then... Yeah, I was thinking there's no way. I was just, I was just worried about seeding. But then, you know, we ended up being a nine, and uh, that kind of takes us into... Real quick, though, on the, I think we were talking uh, during the championship or maybe after the Paco championship with the Huskies. So the Huskies, Oregon was favored. In that game, I think we were saying Oregon was the lowest seeded team in a conference championship that would be favored over a one seed. Had to be unreal. A six seed favored over a one seed. seed. This shows how hot they were. Yeah. Or you could say, I guess it shows how maybe how not dominant we were, even though our record was dominant. Not too many teams go fifteen and three. Right. The twenty twelve year, we went fourteen and four, and then lost the first game, and then that's like. Just was just a bad year. That year they had a lot of bad losses. They had too. a lot of bad losses. And was that the South Dakota our, State year? South Dakota State, Nevada, and that was the year. Our, like I said, our RPI was like sixty-eight, which is right on the cusp of like teams kind of. And then this year our RPI was like thirty. Right. Our net was like forty, but our RPI was higher because we. I think the RPI actually factors in like, oh, that's a good loss. Losing to Gonzaga at Gonzaga, it's a good loss in a way. You know, yeah, you lost, you lost, but you didn't get blown out. They get kind of factors that in, you know. But man, if we yeah, if 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 uh, we talked about during the year, like if the Gonzaga buzzer beater was off by Hachimura, or if the Minnesota one was off, or they called the travel, or the, the, I don't know if it was late or what, but you change those two games, and then we could have been a top fifteen team through a lot of the year, man. right? Right. But that's just that's the fine line man, that just, you walk. I mean, it's literally two plays, right? Yeah, I think if you what about I and I think I talked to you about this Charlie, but I actually not even factoring those because those were early. Just don't lose the cow, one game. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, we would have been. We would have been. And it's completely your seeding's different. You don't get knocked out of the twenty-five. You follow that cow lot wins with other wins, and sure, you lose to an Oregon team twice. That's hot, but you go into the last regular season game, and you're probably in the top twenty. Um, before that last regular season loss to Oregon. So the, the you don't lose the cow, and you have a pretty – you've got a sustained win streak still. If we don't yeah, lose the cow, we're not in that 8-9 spot, I bet you that. Yeah, we're, we're probably seven, 7 or yeah. 6. But even at the same time, like, I mean, I agree with you, Bruce. Like, you can't lose the cow. But those other two games, the Minnesota-Gonzaga game, like, those – since especially since they were non-conference. And like just the, one play. Right, that would have put that would have put us in that that quad one. Right. That national perspective of how you know all Pac-12 was down this year, blah blah blah. So if they had had that signature win in non-conference, I think that would have boosted their resume a lot. You know, especially when they went 15 or 16 and two. I, I, guess. I can see that, but I just think that 
if I see on a, on a chart, here's my losses, Gonzaga, tournament team, Minnesota, tournament team, Cal, bottom feeder, non-tournament team. If I can just erase that, that's still a pretty impressive right. resume. True, true. Yeah, yeah, you can't lose to the 275th or whatever ranked team in the country. Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember what exactly they were. That was It was exactly that. Was it 275th? 275 in the country. Now, they probably increased it a little bit with the wins at Stanford in, in, uh, versus Wazoo, but... I mean, that was their first conference win at the time. Yeah. It was, I mean, they were on like a... I don't know. They've lost so many games in a they row. Lost, they had lost... Because I was only there. They had lost like 15 games in a row. Ridiculous. The recipe was there for you know this was their championship. This was their this was the only way to make their season worthwhile. Yeah. The thing about that team is they're really young, a lot of freshmen and sophomores, so they're only going to get better the next couple of years. Right. Um. But yeah, man, I can't I can't think when I think of Cal, I still think of Gutierrez. We were talking about Gutierrez earlier. You know, Gutierrez won Conference Player of the Year when we had Roten and Ross, both averaging more points thing about when Gutierrez got MVP or player of the year, he didn't lead his team in points or assists or rebounds. Nothing. Cobbs let him in assists. Crab let him in points. I was like, man, get that the- was like one of those, you know, lifetime achievement awards. leadership awards. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get like David Crisp. David Crisp had a man. And he, we need to shout out David Crisp because I've been a, I've been very uh, critical of David Crisp. You and this, I both. Yeah. Once the once the regular season started, conference. He really stepped his game up. He was shooting 50% from three for like eight games. I mean, I was He tapered off, but, you know, law of averages will do that to you. But he really stepped it up. He played like a senior in a lot of games. Yep. You, you take with the good with the bad. He still makes a few mistakes here and there where he drives and shoots a layup. That's probably not a chance to really make, but he puts pressure on the defense now. I thought he should have at least gotten honorable mentions. Yeah, that was crazy to me. He averaged like 14 or 15 in conference, I right. thought. Right, as a senior. Not too far behind Jalen. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't get that. And it's crazy that Noah, not to say it was, I think Noah was properly awarded, but last year he was first team all-conference, and this year he was honorable mention. So that's, you know, usually you don't see a drop like that from a player. Especially as a senior. Right. Usually like, oh, you get first team as a junior, you're going to probably repeat, maybe run for the MVP as a senior. Right. But, yeah, he, d- he didn't deserve first team, and he probably didn't deserve second team either. But um, he deserved to get an award because he was still – I think he led the the league in fouls drawn. Dickerson? Yeah. And then he really well, couldn't get that going against Oregon. He just – they got blocked too many times. He had that weird, like, three or four games where – I mean, it was like the beginning of conference play when he only played, like, 15 minutes. Remember that? And yeah. And he got like six points. If that, yeah. Four rebounds, something like that. And it was like, oh, we can go 4-0 and with Noah giving us almost nothing? We're going to be good. Right. What if he gives us something? Right. And he picked it up, obviously, again. But he never got back to that level we signed on conference. Well, yeah, I guess he had that game right. against Oregon State where he, he had like 24 and like 18 rebounds or something, 25. Yeah, he's been a beast on the rebounds. Even in these games where he's had like two points, he's like one for eight. He'll still snaggle. Nine to twelve boards, and right. he's in there with the trees, just taking a pounding. Right. So yeah, you gotta love Noah. I was telling someone today when I was talking, I was like, man, we we're talking about when UW lost to North Carolina years ago, and I'm like, if you could combine Noah and Matthew Bryan and Manning into one player, that might be a pretty good dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'd have the athleticism of NBA, and then the IQ and oh, the man. and the post moves of Noah, just the work. He'd be a solid player. Yeah. So, so now, you know, now that we've, we're finally back, 
We're finally in here. We're a nine seed. Starting, you know, play Friday, 350. Utah, Utah State. State. What are you guys thinking? How are you guys feeling? Bruce, let's, let's start off with you. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I got love for the purple and gold. You know, whose house, dog's house. But um, it's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, do you, do you want you want to know what I, I think it's going to be tough? Um, I don't feel good about this game because some of their strengths uh, will highlight um, our weaknesses. But you know, if I, you know, if we're gonna go around and make a pick, you know, I like to hear the other guys first before we kind of maybe break into it deeper. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the U Dubs one and done. What do you, what do you think, Sano? One and done, huh? Oh man, I, th- I mean, the eight- I think a lot of teams like. I think a lot of teams are going to be surprised by the zone. And I think I heard, I was, I was reading earlier today, Utah State has not faced a lot of zone in their conference play at all this year. And so now they're playing one of the best. I mean, go, go back to that Syracuse team a couple of years ago, ran the zone as an 11 seed and made a run to the Final Four. A lot of those teams, the first time, even in conference play this year, a lot of, a lot of teams, when they see the zone for the first time, it really throws them off their game. And it takes a certain kind of team, like an Oregon or like an, a hyper-athletic, long uh, a team that can penetrate it, a good passing team, I guess, that really beats the zone. So I think I think they have a shot. I think they're. I mean, I have a. Good, I give them a good chance to win this game against Utah State. I know Utah State's got their guard uh, Merrill. Yep. A combo guard, Sam Merrill. Combo guard, Sam they got Merrill. the big dude, ne- the big like dude. Nima, Nima Kada. Yeah, Kada. Um, and Makeda is the way he's from like Mexico or he's from Portugal. Portugal, I think, yeah. And he's a shot blocker, but he he's no, blocker. he's no he's prone to get fouls. Yeah. So I think they got a shot. I think anybody any team that 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 plays the zone as well as the Huskies can play it. I don't know how well they will play it because we've seen them get broken down during March. Acura is challenging oh. you. Uh, to show off your sorry, guys. On and off the court. Technical difficulty. Bruce was spitting a rhyme for us. Actually done, yeah, hot lava. But it's hot lava. But yeah, with like Santa, like you, you're saying, like I, I agree with the, any eight nine game. I mean, it's you know, it's hard to be a decide the decisive pick because it could really go either way. A lot of those right. eight nine games are, are decided within three four points. It's it's whether it's uh, is a ref going to make this call? Like, is it going to be Pac twelve refs? <laughs> then we might lose. Somebody shared a stat the other day. I think I don't know if it was Bruce or Adam about the eight nine matchup. Oh, that's Bruce. It's like it, it's like sixty eight and sixty eight. Exactly. The record. Yeah. the record. It's like North Carolina Duke. Right. Yeah. It's that close. Yep. Right. So it's hard to say one way for sure or another, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I know that, and this isn't just me assuming because it's Utah. I mean, I've heard some and read some stuff about they don't quite have the athletes and they haven't seen the athletes that we have. Um, and, but, but you know, that, that doesn't mean athletes don't mean you're going to win the game by any means. Um, and they have a point guard who's not – He's he's former walk on. He's a little inexperienced. He's not going to come out and kill you like Peyton Pritchard did and take over a game. But that that's where those other guys come in. Um, their defensive metrics are really good. Their t- statistics are like top twenty in the country. But then that's against what competition? Right. But I, I, I mean, think from, differ on that. From a national perspective, you can say it's in the Pac twelve. They're yeah. ranked. They're ranked uh, <clears throat> top twenty. They're actually ranked in the top five nationally in, in defensive rebounding percentage and two point field goal. Uh, defense, and they're in the Mountain West Conference. 
Nevada's in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah. Fresno State's in the Mountain West Conference. San Diego State's in the Mountain West Conference. Right. I mean, Nevada. All I heard was Nevada there. I didn't. Well, hear, I didn't hear anything else. Nevada and Utah State have a higher net ranking than the Huskies, who are the Pac-12 champion. Right. I'm so, a... I'm just saying. I don't. I if you're gonna. I. I don't think we're in the position to compare what <laughs> the Pac-12 being a better conference than than many others. So well, go ahead. I mean, give me the four teams on the bottom of the conference too. You know, and that's also how you get those statistics, right? But. I mean that that's just it. I mean and the funny thing is the all the awards that we won, Utah State also won all those awards. They won defensive player of the year, they won coach of the year, Craig Smith. Was it Craig Smith? Yeah, and they won um player of the year. Merrill. Oh, did he get player of the year? Yeah, they they got the exact same awards we did. So they dominated their conference just like we did ours. Hmm, that's interesting. So that's very interesting to see. Now Bruce, you did talk about their two-point percentage defense is really good. Their three-point percentage defense is actually pretty bad. Yeah, they, they're willing. They're playing old school. They're willing to give up which is, three, but close down the close down the lane. Which is the opposite of Oregon. Oregon has really good three point defense, right? And that's and we couldn't get going against that Oregon D. We, we're not going to get it going inside against them because they're too long, and we couldn't get it going from outside. They they, they pressure that. Oregon's got so that press. We got to make shots. We got to, and we haven't we haven't made shots. I'll give this the credit of the UW. And this is where I'm hung up on. I'll give this to you, Dub. We we have our identity and we've stuck to it all year, even if it's frustrated some fans during different parts of the game. We are literally a three and D team. We play tenacious defense and live and die by the three pointer. Um, so if we get the three going against this team, great, lights out. But if we have, if we can't, and we obviously have shown the inability to score any other way, pretty much by the three, and they have such stout two-point defense it's going to be a wrap i hope noah's listening to you noah's got i hope route. noah's listening to me because noah has had a drop off noah has a field goal percentage down a point he's got a free throw percentage down 10 points this year his rebounds are down by a point and his points per game are down by over three points a game so i hope he is listening well that's because yeah. of the team effort true i think what it kind of what it boils down to is not we, like what you said, Bruce. We know what we are defensively, and we're all. I think we'll always be in the game. Like we'll hang around in the game because of our defense. But it's just what offensive team will you do produce? How will we do? Will Jalen be the Pac-12 Player of the Year? Will he be the main guy getting buckets? Will Noah step his game up? You know, because he's played against bigs. The big from Oregon State, you know, the bigs from Oregon. Well, you know, he's battled those guys. Not, you know, he hasn't had achieved much success, but, you know, he's battled them. No, um, he's battled them. He's just, you know, he's just dropped off a bit this season from last season. But, you know, he's definitely got heart and footwork and he's battled. Right. Is David Chris going to be playing under control, knocking down the open shot, making the right basketball play, which he has been doing more consistently this year so I, I think it's a matter of us and our offense because i think our defense will be there but defense usually picks up in the postseason so i have a good feeling about u-dub on friday and i think not only will we win i think we can give north carolina a run for their money 
as crazy it may sound, I think we can because I think it's that defense is a game changer. Wow, I really do, and I think. And but another thing on defense, real quick, San. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, Matisse cannot be in foul trouble. He cannot pick up those silly. Well, Pac-12 refs won't be reffing, so True. that should be fine. True. He just can't pick up those silly touch reaching fouls that he's been that he's been called for uh, recently. So if he but if he's in foul trouble, it's over. No, I was gonna. I, I mean, I agree. I was just gonna say, if, if the, it comes down to the defense, right? So, the defense can slow a team like North Carolina down enough, where the offense can keep up. Who's to say they don't have a chance? Yeah, I believe it. And I agree with you guys. I mean, it's just that I there hasn't been any signs lately of the offense being well, hold able on. to produce enough. Wait, I mean, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject. USC. Scored 80 points. Yeah. And, then we, and we hit shots against Colorado. We just missed free throws down the stretch. And we gave up 75, too. Well, um, wait, wait. But you're choosing which one do you want to go with? The offense? You just no. talk about the I'm bringing the fact we brought it. We scored 80. Okay. You, you said we had no signs. Last, you brought up one game of the last eight. I, what I'm, my worry about them against this team at Utah State is we backed into uh, we've backed into the tournament. We Our last eight games. Okay, and it's kind of more of what have you done for me lately. We have three losses, three nail biters, and, and I'm talking about last eight regular season games. Right. Okay, not the Pac-12 tournament. So right. we've got ASU, Cal, Oregon losses. We have nail biters against Wazoo, Stanford, and Oregon State. And so wait, wait, did the, the nail biters turn out to be a win? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Because I heard you say losses. A, I heard you say losses and nail biters. I didn't know what a nail biter meant. Okay, well, hey. A, nail, a two point win against Wazoo and a one point win against Stanford, and we're the Pac 12, we're the conference champions. That, that's concerning to me. And what's also concerning to me is a tight game when we were the one versus the eight at USC, and then getting destroyed by 20 points in our last game for the title. You know, those are just, con- like I said, those are concerns for me, but no, our no, offense. I, I can see why you're you know, concerned. Jaylen's, if we're not hitting threes, yeah, our offense gonna... is. I was not gonna say, very I was effective. Gonna say, Our defense is going to travel, and I agree with Sando, and I'm right there with Sando and Adam, and I know the defense is going to keep us in games. But all year, offensively, we struggle if we're not hitting the three. Yeah, but I, I think uh, I think the adversity these guys have faced, they've responded pretty well. So I think now is just it's not another, you know, it's not. We like, haven't lost back-to-back all year. True. And I, I think these and guys will respond well. I think they're up for the challenge, you know, being the first team in eight years to make the tourney. Yeah, plus they're getting out of conference. Like, they're not – this isn't the th- third time they're seeing, you know, in Oregon or, or that, Colorado or – That's what I was going to say. We lost Oregon was our third time. Colorado was the third time. Yeah, all the, I mean, everybody in the conference knows each other really well. This is someone else's first time. This is – yeah, exactly. This is – these are teams' first time playing against – the Huskies, this Huskies first and time playing against and them. it's our our first time too playing against them. And I, I'm just saying, I'm going off of I'm just doing the matchup. I want just resumes and stuff like that. But I'm looking at a team, and again, want the Huskies to win. But I'm looking at a team as we alluded to before with no wins against a team that are even in that large conversation versus a Utah State team that's beat St. Mary's, that beat UCI Irvine. That had close calls against the Arizona State team, just like the Huskies had a close call against the Arizona State team, 
and they and uh, Utah State almost beat a Houston team that's seated third, just like the Huskies almost beat a Gonzaga team that's seated one. So, sounds like an even matchup. Very similar, very exact, and it's eight nine. It makes sense. Very similar. So I'm not gonna just write off. You know, I just feel like that. Well, you, you're, it sounds like you're writing us off. I'm not writing us off, but I'm just saying what team has been more consistent lately? A team that also went into their conference tournament, came out, won their conference tournament, didn't get blown out by 20 at their last conference tournament, um, that has a little better signature non-conference wins than us. It's going to be a battle. I understand that. But if our three-point shot is not falling, I see exactly what happened against Oregon happening in this game. So a twenty-point loss. I mean, I think that was our only double, I mean, a double-digit loss. Yes, we haven't had a double. That was our only double-digit loss since early December. Yeah, since like Virginia Tech or Auburn. Right. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, it, you know, it's kind of like which team's gonna show up. Or like I, I was saying, I feel like this team responds really well to adversity. And I think given the – it's like new life. You get to breathe the fresh air. Like, all right, the monkey's off your back. Um, yeah, it's like a new season. Yeah, and you get, you. get it's like finally you, all the weight of the world is off your shoulders. Like, we made it. All right, so now the energy's there. Now it's like, all right, let's do this. Like, right. you know, we have a chance to really, like, embark in UW history. So I think, you know, all those factors. And Bruce brings up really valid points. So it's just going to be interesting to see – what team, what UW team shows up? Is it the team that won 11 straight games in the Pac-12? Or is it the team that struggled in the last eight games of the Pac-12? Right. That's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, as we've seen, you can kind of relate it to Hop with Syracuse. They've always kind of been a team that no one really thought they would do much in the tournament, besides the one year with Melo. And then they'd always end up winning a game or two. Right, they, they they played a play-in game one year, and then won the play-in game, and then won the twelve-five, and then like won another, and that's the same style of play we use. So it can be, you know, cumbersome during the regular season. Like uh, the Matisse even brought it up that like we won the conference so early, like we won the we won the conference like the end of January, like early February almost. It was like getting out of hand. I, mean, uh, I agree with you, Chuck. And that was one thing I was just about to talk. Yeah, I agree with you that and then, maybe those last eight games was because of complacency because they did wrap up the title. Yeah, and then and then and then like stretch. we started anew, and we were all a little scared of the first game, and we won two games. That we showed some some poise and composure, won two games, and then we ran up against a team what that ultimately said, what their life was on the line. And you said was probably one. Of, I think Sandal, Sandal said, said was the hot, one of the hottest teams in the country. If they lost that, they weren't going to get in. Right, right. They had they had a lot to play for. So and and obviously we had a we had a championship to play for, but we just didn't play for it in that ch- final twenty minutes. We yeah. didn't even come out of the locker room. I mean, they heard the talk. They heard uh, UW's in. You know, most of the people were saying they're in. Oregon, on the other hand, they knew they were out if they weren't going to win that. Right. So they were playing for their lives. Yeah, I'm just hoping that Where's maybe that Syracuse play? tournament. You know they're they're you know they tend to win. Hopefully that can carry out here with Hopkins in his first ever tournament appearance. Right. But it's also Craig Smith's first tournament appearance too for the U- for Utah. Yeah. You know, and that was the funny thing is about uh, I was reading about Utah was projected this season to finish like eighth or ninth in conference. So they really outplayed 
you know, their projection. And they're, I mean, that shows they're for real. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, yeah. that that's a that's a knock, but that he's really got these boys buying into something special. So they probably feel like, man, this is like almost with house money. We were, no one thought we were going to be good. So, you know, and that, you know, that so they were kind of underdog. And now they're a favorite in this game when we're the underdog. You know, and I, I was listening to Hopkins talk. And he's like, man, I was an underdog my whole life. You know, that underdog thing can really affect you and, and yeah. have you playing some shit you didn't think you could do. Right. Hopefully they can buy into that. Like, man, they count us out. Like, yeah, you count you out. You're two points. It's eight, nine games. But hopefully they can rise to be like, man, no one thought we were going to win. Like, nah, that's not the case. Not, it's not like yeah, the nation. I know. They'll, they'll, yeah. find, they'll find a rallying cry. I mean, uh, uh, the line is minus three uh, for Utah State. Um, and then ESPN BPI has them as a 57%. Uh, favorite to win, but like I said, UW's got that top twenty. You know, they're top twenty in defensive efficiency. They've got athletes. I mean, with with Noah and Hamir and and Big Big Sam down there. You know, they've got good defensive assets in the front court. So it'll it'll be a battle. It'll be a close game. I just think, just like I said, our, and I understand we got to ride and die with our identity. It's three and D. And so if the three is dropping, I think we're gonna win. But if it's like Oregon, what? we couldn't hit anything. It's it's going to be a long because we can't seem to get any scoring consistently inside the arc. So right, um, watch the game come down to a buzzer beater, and then it's like, yeah, how do you predict that? All right, it's an even matchup, but we'll we'll see. You know, hopefully, you guys have listened to this by the time that's been aired. But yeah, we're uh, we'll be down in Vegas cheering them on. You know, I'm just happy the game isn't in the state of Utah. I I think it's a pretty even matchup in terms of fans. Like, some Husky fans will probably travel to Columbus, Ohio, and some Utah fans will probably travel. I think we might – we'll see if we have have them beat in that department. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But besides that, you know, and if we play North Carolina, that's a whole other monster. North Carolina would have a day and a half to prepare. And, you know, it's like one thing I do want to say is before we move on, you can watch Matisse Thibel on tape. It's a different different beast to be on the floor with Matisse Thibel. You know, I was going to say, the spread's three. What's the over-under on Matisse Thibel steals? Four? I would say over. That doesn't mean we're going to win, but he's going he's gonna to be active. The average is about three and a half. Because you look like, because the thing is, we run the zone, so you got to feed the high post. That's how you beat a zone. And he steals those high post passes at such a high rate like no one's ever had before. And when you've never been there, you think, oh, I can get this into the high post. I've been getting into the high post like this past my whole life. Mm-hmm. Matisse Thibel. <laughs> The thief, Th- thief bull, or if they call, someone called him something, Matisse the thief, thigh bull. Yeah, but yeah. so we don't know when this season is going to end. Hopefully, it'll end in a couple weeks. But um, we do want to give you a little rundown of how we feel about next year's Husky team as well with the incoming recruiting class we got. Yeah, they got a couple of. Uh, Hop has been active. Yeah, I got Isaiah Stewart. I think number six, right? I thought it was four. Country? Was it four? He Maybe was, was four, four, and Jaden's five. I thought Jaden was number one. I, don't know, I thought he dropped. Maybe. I don't know. I thought the Cole. New, the latest poll I looked at earlier today had, uh, you know, Jaden's between five and six. It depends on what, what uh, you know, scouting websites are using. Um, and <clears throat> Isaiah's is right there. They're, they're kind of right next to each other. It I mean, obviously depends. McDaniels hasn't committed yet, but they still have uh, the Kentucky transfer. Green. Quade Green. Quade Green. McDonald's All-American from two years ago. Yep, yep. So he'll be coming in. But he's not eligible until, I think, January. Yep. Uh, 
So they'll have to figure out something at point guard. Maybe Elijah Hardy or somebody will step up at the beginning. But next year's team, obviously, they lose Matisse. They lose Noah Dickerson. They lose Dom Green. Dom Green. They lose David, David Crisp. Crisp. They might lose Jalen Noel. We don't know. We'll wait and see on that. Uh, but it's more so that they're reloading. You know, We're reloading. with ma- If we can get the kid in our backyard out of federal way, we don't want to break any NCAA violations. We don't want to jinx it. Yeah. But y'all know who he is. <laughs> If he comes and he's 6'11", and if he pairs with Stewart, who's 6'10", two McDonald's All-Americans, and then you get the Kentucky transfer, who's a junior. Then you pair that up with Nas Carter, who'll be a junior next year. Yeah. Yeah, there's some other guys. You know, don't sleep on, um, you know, BPJ. You know, yep. Brian Penn Johnson's red shirting. Seven, I know he's on the team. 7'5", you know, wingspan. That's great. You know, he's, he's red shirting. And then uh, two other recruits that we signed are, you know, uh, right Marysville kid, uh, Raekwon yep. Battle. Raekwon Battle Shooter. is... is All we need. He, and what'd you uh, say? the Jefferson kid, Shooter. Marcus, oh, yeah. Marcus Deshonis or whatever. So, yeah. Ro- both you know, rotary guys. Battle is... Is I've watched him play in high school. He's an exceptional athlete, like dunk contest type athlete guy. Hmm. Tip dunks, one hand tip dunk, power jams, and he's swole. He looks like he's twenty three, and uh, yeah, he's man, he can play, man. And he his, his usually you get guys that are you know that athletic that they're kind of like a, like a team act, just kind of lazy. And you just you know you find your moments. He has a motor, yeah. just doesn't stop. I, I feel like those guys will, you know, probably. Just based on who's departing, who's staying, you know, um, Raekwon and Marcus will probably probably redshirt. You know, it just depends on if McDaniel's comes, but I could see one or both of those guys redshirting just based on who's coming back. Yeah, I could see one of them redshirting for sure, um, just to see, you know, because of, of spots, right? If Jalen yeah, exactly. comes back, there's a chance they could both redshirt. Yep, exactly. I agree. Because yep. now Nas is a junior and he needs his his minutes. Amir's a yeah. junior. All these other guys are going to be sophomores. So, yeah, so. but we're going to have an incredible team of length for a zone. It'll be good. it'll be. I mean, Oregon has an incredible recruiting class. SC, they all do. Arizona, right? But I mean, as of right now, come get it. Yeah, as of right now, UW is number twenty in the recruiting class in the nation. But if they sign, but hopefully. You know, fingers crossed that if we sign McDaniel's, that that'll boost us up. Yeah, well, if you're number twenty and you sign the fourth best player, fifth best player in the nation, who's like a mini KD, not even mini, he's a KD type of guy. Man, I mean, you got you got problems. That's that's when we're talking about Hopkins getting three time coach of the year. If you sign Jaden McDaniel's, you're probably expected. If you keep Jalen, you're for sure expected to win the conference. If you don't keep Jalen, you probably won't, might not be expected to win the conference, but you're expected to finish, you know, 13-5, something like what that. What are your, uh, you know, Adam, I mean, speaking, you know, Chuck's alluding to Jalen, you know, what if the answer buts about, you know, what do you think, Adam? What, what's it, Jalen, you know, obviously Matisse got to go because he's a senior, but, I mean, what, you know, what do you think about those guys' draft prospects? For Matisse and Jalen? Yeah. Uh, you know, Given how the NBA is being played now with three-point shooting and perimeter defense, like teams love the 3 and D, you know, long wings. Uh, I think Matisse has a chance to go in the first round. I would call it late, you know, 20s, 20 to 30, I would call it. And I think, you know, I think a lot of it will be based on his workouts. 
he has to show that he can knock down the three-pointer consistently. Obviously, you can't really show that how consistent you are in workouts, especially in like one-on-zero, one-on-one, two-on-two. But it'll give teams it'll give teams a little bit of a sample size. And then uh, with Jalen, I think it all a lot of it depends on workouts too. I have my gut tells me that he's gone. I think he 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 should strike while the iron's hot. Go get drafted maybe second round but i think he has to show that he can handle the ball as a combo guard being 6-4 he's gonna have to play both positions you know he definitely can score the ball there's no denying that but he has to do other things like being a better passer and a better um ball handler overall so i could see both of them getting drafted you know Jalen probably mid second round that's just me. What do you think, Sano? You got? I think I agree. I think Matisse is for sure a first rounder. I think he's only his stock's only going to go up uh, during the workouts and during the combine. I think he's going to test out of the gym athletically. Uh, but like you said, it's probably going to come down to his shooting ability. Uh, everybody knows what he can do on defense. You know, he's still a contender for National Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, so get fingers crossed. Right. But, yeah, if he can prove he can, you know, um, knock down the three consistently, he's going to have he's gonna have a long and successful career in the NBA. Yeah. I think it would be a first-round draft pick. I was going to say, Jalen, I mean, Jalen's obviously more of a scorer, and I think and I think for sure he'll get drafted. It's just so hard to predict because, like, does he play – is he going to be a one? Is he going to be a point guard in the NBA? Is he going to be an off guard? Is he going to be a – you know, yeah. shooting guard. Like, what position does he play Combo, in the NBA? Yeah. He's a little undersized for for a wing, um, but he can definitely score. I think he led the conference in three point percentage. He led the team. I don't led know the about team. the conference. Forty three percent. Cummins. That, oh, that was going to be my comment. That came a long way because he didn't even used to barely ever shoot threes. Right. And then to now lead the team in three point percentage is super impressive. Right. So yeah, and he shot fifty percent from the field um, with defenders on. He takes a lot of difficult. Shots. He's just got to prove he can either uh, run an offense as a point guard or prove he can score uh, against NBA length, against NBA defenses. So that, that's the dilemma I think that Noel's going to face, not the, at length, but how Adam, you were saying, you see him as probably an early second-round pick, which is kind of where I see him too. And if you go put your feet in the water and that's the feedback you get, do you leave college early if you don't have a first-round promise? And, I mean, obviously, Isaiah. as a Husky fan, I want him to stay. Isaiah did it. IT did it. Yeah, IT did do it. And right? he, he was the thing about IT was is he was a junior in college, but he did he did he he was a senior in life because he went to prep school. Right. Now, Jalen's a true soft, so he's 20. But for Jalen also, he could be thinking, you know, this year's draft is supposedly not as deep as next year's. Very, very important. The Huskies team – it's going to be a lot deeper next year with a lot more scores. His numbers would go down if he came back, but he'd be the leader on a potential historic scene. He's a Seattle guy, so maybe he'll he'll have that right. in him. Like, I want to take Huskies to the promised land that they've never been before, but right. so that's he's obviously a, hopeful. He's got a few things to, to consider. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't think, know. I, I mean, think I round. think for him, you know, my thought for Jalen is, I mean, obviously the score, that mid that mid-range of his, his butter – um, obviously, he's got a good, great shooting percentage this year, um, as Charlie 
you know, and Santa alluded to as far as that three-point increasing to 43% and shooting 50% from the field, um, versatile. But, you know, he's, it's funny. he's got great field goal percentage. He's versatile, but he doesn't do one thing great. Hmm, that reminds me of a, another former guard in Husky lore and legend. Hmm, I don't know. Brandon Roy, maybe? No. But um, Brandon Roy's good uh, friends with him, too. Really good friends with him. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. For what I mean, one thing I kind of, of his numbers, you know, I would like to see. Um, uh, I think he should come back only because, you know, I don't. I see. I don't see him getting drafted in a lot of. And most of the, you know, draft mock draft boards that I've looked at on either SI or Athletic or whatever, Bleacher or ESPN. Yeah, don't, doesn't have him on any draft board getting drafted. Um, so I, I would love to see him come back and, and lead, like Charlie alluded to, a, a great, talented team. Um, and it would be nice to see him kind of lower his uh, turnover numbers and have better decision-making in, in clutch time. Because I think that's something I've kind of noticed lately is not – he's had some silly turnovers and not the best, you know, thought process and basketball IQ during clutch time. Uh, but I would like to see him come back, and I think he, he, he will. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, we'd all love to see him come back as a selfish fan. But you know, like Adam said, you got to strike when the iron's hot. And we've heard someone say, with who's got NBA knowledge, that hey, when they're calling, if the NBA's calling, you pick up. Mm-hmm. But then that's it. If he's projected to be a, a second round pick, is the is the NBA really calling? And, you know, I mean, every kid's dream is to make the league. Yeah, it's cool to play in college and make the tournament. Like, that's fun. But that's not what you grow up thinking about. Like, oh, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, I won a game in the, to the Final Four. No, you, you beat a game in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Right. And that's where he wants to be, you know. But uh, one thing, you were you're talking about Matisse and how he's got, you know, he's going to have to, if he can hit that three-pointer, he's going to have a long, successful career. And one thing I was reading and I've heard from NBA guys is that it, NBA scouts, if you can hit the free throw, then they're like, well, we can teach you how to shoot the three. And he's our leading free throw percentage guy. He's like 84. Hmm. So even though his free throw percentage hasn't been that great, I think Adam said 31, um, maybe, you know, you can work on that. Now that's your job and your 10 hours a day, you can focus on basketball. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, go dogs. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> um, let's go represent. You know, I'd love to see all three Pac-12 teams get a W get at least one W right just to kind of show that it's not as down uh Arizona State would the Arizona State's W tomorrow count as a W no no I'm talking about an actual tr- <laughs> yeah, tournament W but hey that, that's it's if they win tomorrow at least it's not oh man they're crap they Pac-12 can't even win the playing game like yeah, it was, don't lose that you don't have to you don't have to just don't lose that joint it'd be like Huskies in the first round of the tournament right. just don't lose the shit right but yeah, they all. I mean, I have a feeling Oregon might win two games. I almost, I almost have a stronger feeling Oregon might win two games than I do with the dogs. I mean, like we said, Oregon's coming in. It's one of the hottest teams in the country. Right. Easily and they came into games. the they came into the nation they came into the regular season just in general as supposed to be one of the best teams in the country. Right. I feel you. I actually feel the same way about Oregon. But it's the tournament, as you know, is all about matchups. You know, I, I actually think Oregon has a pretty good matchup with 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 uh, Wisconsin that first game. So absolutely. But, well, yeah, so let us know what you guys think. What are the dogs going to do? Send us a text, an email. Hit us on the Facebook. 
you know, or the Instagram, IG. Yeah, some. Keep us posted. Twitter, whatever. Let us know. Tell a friend. Tell your significant other during Pillow Talk <laughs> that Black <laughs> Top Smack Talk is the best podcast in Seattle. Man, I gotta, I gotta do, you know, new to the area. You know, I'm trying to build relationships for us. I gotta shout out my man Abe Abraham over at uh, Barber's Ave in okay. uh, San Rafael. Gave me the fresh cut actually today, this morning. What's Big up, basketball Abe? Fans. What's up, Abe? Abe's doing it. Oh. So go visit. You know, you in the Bay Area, take that bridge, cross that bridge, go up to uh, Barber's Ave in San Rafael. Hit him up. That's what's up. They got a good yelp. I was checking them out. That's what's up. And you guys don't forget to so don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Then follow us on Instagram, Twitter, like us on Facebook. You know the deal. But yeah. That's gonna do it. Hopefully we might be talking to you. If the Huskies win two games and and we go to that next weekend, we're gonna have another Husky pod. Just yeah, we just to. we have to. We have to. Well it'll be a shorter one. Well we got a preview that sweet sixteen. You know, we'll see how it goes. But we'll also be back shortly with some NBA chatter. The season's winding down. It's it's really hard. Uh, the NBA almost takes a back seat at this time of year, you know, because yep. uh, it's like, okay, I mean, they're, they're, they're battling for seating, but you might see me down there in the Bay Area with, with Bruce. We might go check out a Kings game. It's the thing to do these days. And then we might go check out that other weak-ass team in the Bay Area, but – I don't know. Their tickets are expensive for some fucking reason. Future NBA champs. Hey, we'll, no, past we'll NBA good. champs. And past. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. BTST, Blacktop Smack Talk, signing off. Go, dogs. Please. All right, you guys.